This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Sixth day of February 2024. It is indeed Dan Grosser Show live in living color once again. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. 30 minutes tonight. 30 outstanding minutes of sports conversation for you coming up right until Knicks basketball tonight. The Knicks back at it at home against the banged up, the battered Memphis Grizzlies. So you're supposed to take care of business when you play a team like Memphis that is struggling to that extent. We got Harvey. We got Joe. They're producing the program. You can get me on the old X at Dan Grasa. And we'll start with the Knicks. We'll try to get as much out there as we can. And again, plenty of your phone calls at 800-919-3776. I think it's a good thing that the Knicks actually got an extra day off here since they last played on Saturday. So you get a couple of days off, kick the feet up a little bit, recharge the batteries, because I think, outside of Memphis, of course, if there's any team that can maybe benefit from having a little R&R, it's this Knicks team. Because I know that the standings don't tell you as much, but this team is beaten up, and this team is hurting right now. And they finally ran out of gas, despite winning nine in a row, in that fourth quarter against the Lakers where they couldn't make a shot. And they went... eons without making a field goal and it was going to happen at some point right it just because it could easily have happened the game before against Indiana you were gonna have one of these games like this so now what do you do you hit the reset button you come back and you take care of business against this team tonight because you played five games in eight days last week and for a team like the Knicks that is missing some key pieces and we'll get to the latest with the injury report here coming up in just a minute but you're asking other guys to log more minutes and to do more and to absorb more responsibility that maybe they shouldn't be cut out for over long stretches of time. But as I said, they got the perfect opponent coming into the gym tonight of this Memphis Grizzlies team. They've lost five in a row. Their last two games they lost by a combined 60 points. 60 This is not a good team. And look, they actually have injuries as an excuse to blame why they're having the season the way they are. But I mean, it's it's like nothing that you have ever seen the way this team is. I mean, you go up and down the lineup and the guys that you thought were going to be there for them at the beginning of the year, none of them are available. Like none of them. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point now with them where they have to call up Scottie Pippen Jr. from the G League. And he's playing 25 minutes a night for them coming off the bench. Not even start, like coming off the bench, that's how bad it is for this team right now. Well, let's get to the walking wounded here for the Knicks because that, unfortunately, is not getting any better. Remember last week when we were talking about the OG Ananobi situation? And I know that you still was only just a couple of games at that point with the elbow, and you said, well, when is the time that we push the panic button? Like, when do we actually express some concern that maybe this is something worth watching? Well, now it's five games in a row. With the elbow. And OG Ananobi, say what you want about him. We know how good of a fit he is for this team. And when he's out there and the difference that he's made in a short amount of time for this team. But the thing with OG Ananobi is, you know, durability has not exactly been one of his chief traits since coming into the NBA. Because as a matter of fact, during his years with the Toronto Raptors, he only played 70 games in one season. At least 70 games in one season. So this really, really bears watching, and it kind of starting to worry me a little bit. Quentin Grimes, he's missing his third game in a row. They say that there's nothing structurally wrong with the knee, but I guess only time will tell. Jericho Sims is out tonight. He's dealing with an illness, so you don't have him available for you. 
But it's like, when does it end? I know that Randall's still going to be evaluated here another, what, 10 days or so before they find out where he is with the shoulder. Mitchell Robinson. Tibbs said that after the All-Star break, they think that he's going to be able to start building into some on-court work, which is good because I still think you'll see Mitchell Robinson between now and the end of the season. The thing, though, with the Knicks, and you don't want to let this opportunity fall by the wayside, even though you are missing some key pieces. How does the front office evaluate this? And how do they view this team right now as it's currently constituted, both guys available and guys injured, leading up to 3 o'clock on Thursday afternoon, which is, of course, the trade deadline. Now, I don't think they have to go out there and make the big splash. I've said many times, I don't think that that is the way you go about it if you are the Knicks right now. But it shouldn't stop them, even with the injuries, to still have to go out there and get themselves at least another piece off of the bench that's going to be able to come in, score you some points, handle the basketball a little bit. The name I've been throwing out there a lot is Alec Burks. Like, I would have no problem whatsoever this team goes and gets himself Alec Burks, a guy who's played here, so he knows what it's like playing in this city. He knows what it's like playing for Tom Thibodeau. Guy's a decent shooter still, of course, from beyond the arc. He could shoot it at about 40% clip from three. There is nothing wrong with adding that to this team. You know, the other usual suspects, the Bruce Browns of the world, okay, if that does anything for you. Jordan Clarkson, apparently, the Utah Jazz, want the earth, the moon, and the stars for him. And unless that asking price comes down between now and Thursday, I can't see that being an area that the Knicks are going to want to go. So I like the makeup of this team. Nothing has really changed, but what has to change is that they have to get some healthier bodies out there because that could really throw a wrench into what this team was en route to doing before everybody started falling by the wayside. So that's number one. Number two is the game we have tonight over in Brooklyn, which is probably the flashier, splashier game in our area because you got the Dallas Mavericks coming into Barclays Center, which means you got Kyrie Irving with his homecoming. Now, I think it goes without saying that Kyrie Irving was probably one of the more polarizing, hell, I'll even go as far as to say divisive athletes that we've had in our city in the last several years. There was always something with him during his time with the Nets, always something, and very little did it have to do with basketball, unfortunately. It was always something beyond the court, right? Whether it was just disappearing, whether it was the vaccine, whether it was, you know, giving thumbs up movie recommendations to controversial films, things like that, which always seemed to set fire to what they were trying to do there, which is simply build a winning basketball team. And they had themselves a group, which a lot of people, not just the franchise, a lot of people felt would have been in a conversation to win a championship. Remember, the Nets went into that last year as co-favorites with the Lakers, or they were right up there with the Lakers to win a championship. When you had James Harden, you had Kevin Durant, you had Kyrie Irving, you thought everything was going to fall into place until it didn't. And he is the guy, if you want to point to why it didn't work out, clearly, single-handedly, he was the guy that should bear the biggest burden of responsibility. He was the one that set fire to that entire thing. So... I don't know how the fans are going to receive him tonight. I really and truly don't. I don't know if he's going to get booed. I don't know if he's going to get cheered. I don't even know if people are going to, like, lift up their eyes from looking at their phones when they're doing the starting lives. I couldn't even tell you. But if the Nets actually cave and give this guy some sort of a welcome back treatment on the video board, like, welcome home, Kyrie. Welcome back. We missed you. Thanks for the memories. And put together this, like, highlight package. 
then the Nets need to check themselves. I mean, that would be flat-out embarrassing if they decide to go in that direction. Because if there is anybody, anybody that doesn't deserve that type of recognition, it's Kyrie Irving. Right, last week it was Kevin Durant, and at least there were some positives. Because when Kevin Durant did play, he was like, you know, pretty damn good. He was Kevin Durant. And yes, this is a guy still in KD that requested not one but two trades out of Brooklyn. But in a way, it was only after the fact of all the Kyrie Irving nonsense. And you could see where KD was going. But with the Kyrie stuff, it was just always drama, 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 nonstop. And if you're the Nets who are still trying to clean off the dust and the rubble, from how that thing all fell apart. I don't know how you sit there and say, give us a hug, buddy. Not here, not now. It cannot happen. Cannot happen. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Is anybody Super Bowled out yet? Like, is anybody just at the point where on Tuesday you want this game to start? Right? Because we've only kind of scratched the surface of Super Bowl week. It's only Tuesday. We had the media night stuff last night, which was, look, it's fodder. Nothing more, nothing less. But we're still going to have all these days of the nonstop questions and all these different stories that the media are going to try to unearth. Look, it's it, it feels like that championship Sunday. It feels like that championship Sunday happened about a month ago, right? Because it's now to the point where you just want to play the damn game. Play the game. And we'll have a good Football Friday show for you coming up this Friday. We'll break it all down for you here. And I'll tell you, to be honest with you, I'm still in the back of my mind going back and forth with this game. Right? I, to me, it's a coin flip right now, which is a football fan, if you don't have a dog in the fight, that's exactly what you want when you're going to devote your last football Sunday to watching these two teams play. And the folks in the NFL, the folks at CBS, certainly are hoping that you get a damn good game between the Chiefs and the 49ers, even though San Francisco, I guess, is having some issues when it comes to their practice facility. You know, I, it's funny because <laughs> the league knew that Vegas was going to be the site of the Super Bowl for how long now, right? For how long? So they had the sites picked out, the practice facilities, and for those that don't keep up with this stuff, the Chiefs are practicing and are basically housed all week at the Raiders facility. So they're using the Raiders building, the Raiders practice fields, all those other things. The 49ers are using UNLV's facilities, including one of their practice fields. The NFL went in and they put like a new sod surface on top of the field turf that I guess UNLV had on one of their practice fields, just to make it a little bit more conducive, closer to a grass field. So the Niners go out there on Monday for their first little kind of, you know, just inspection of the field. And apparently to them, they think it's a little soft. A little too soft for what they would ordinarily like to practice on. So that already has grown some displeasure in, uh, in the San Francisco camp. And then the commissioner's having his press conference yesterday out there in Vegas, and he has to answer questions about this thing. And he says, look, we have people on this. We've got 20-something people on top of this thing. We've had the union involved. Everybody has been out there, and they give it, you know, full marks, thumbs up. I, I just don't understand, though, how these things happen. With all the money and with all the planning and everything that goes into this, how can you have a team's practice field 
for the biggest game of the year not up to their liking? When you had how long to make sure that everything was okay? I, I, it's amazing how this stuff still falls through the cracks. It really and truly does. Hey, the Michael K. Show, they're going to be live from UBS Arena coming up Thursday, this Thursday, February the 8th, before the Islanders face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Doors are going to open at 5 p.m. for fans to catch the K. Show before the game. We're giving away eight pairs, eight of lower bowl tickets, plus one pair of premium club seats at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down to contest and submit your entry. It's brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join the New York Islanders for some fun in February. Take advantage of special ticket pricing for upcoming home games at UBS Arena and be there for every thrilling matchup. Get your tickets today at NewYorkIslanders.com slash Feb. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Come out to see the Michael K. Show live this Friday, 3 p.m. from Platt Deutsch Park in Franklin Square, Long Island for a special countdown to kickoff broadcast to get you ready for the big game with live music from one of the Tri-State's best cover bands, The Mystic. We're bringing the big game experience to you. It's brought to you by Wise Snacks, Security Dodge, Resorts World Catskills, Chili Willie and Cool Carl's Ice, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, and the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. So no show for us tomorrow because we have Rangers hockey. Thursday we'll be back with you at 6.30, and then Friday, big football Friday show to close out the football season. Speaking of Fridays, how about the uh, little noodle that the NFL dropped yesterday during the commissioner's press conference? How about we're going to have a Friday night game during opening weekend next year with the Eagles playing host to somebody in Brazil, so we're going to have the Thursday night opener. You'll have a Friday night game, then take Saturday to watch college football, and then Sunday and Monday. Football coming at you fast and furious. And you know what? If you ask me, you can't get here soon enough. So, hey, that is interesting. I did not see that one coming, but uh, think about how much fun that's going to be to have a football game there on the opening Friday to begin the season. Very, very cool stuff. And now we'll get to see who the opponent is going to be for the Eagles and gets the assignment to go to Philadelphia. Maybe it's the Giants. Who knows? I don't think they would do that. I don't think they would schedule a division game um, overseas, internationally like that. So we'll see what the league comes up with. Let's get some phone calls here. 800-919-3776. Sam in San Antonio is going to start us off here. 98.7 ESPN. Sammy, how are you? 
Hey, how you doing, my brother? Good evening. I hope all is well with you and your family, my man. Uh, What's up, I know Sam? we're up for it. Uh, I'll just make it short and quick. I uh, just got one quick point or one question, but as far as Kyrie is concerned, uh, I would do something really, really, uh, I would actually make a video for him. I would start it with uh, the day that whatever his press conference was when it was announced that he was signing with the, Met, uh, the, the Nets. And then immediately after that, I would have a video of just short of absolute nothingness, of darkness, and then finish it with saying thanks for the memories. Um, and I'll wait. Uh, I'll let you comment on that. But my question is: Is there an over under set for how many times Taylor Swift is going to be shown during the Super Bowl? Uh, I'll send it at six billion. I'll let there, you go on that. Gotta be. Always Sam, a pleasure to speak to you, Sam. I guarantee you, there has got to be guys. Have you checked yet to see? I mean, I haven't looked ahead at any. You know, these cra- and there's a million of them. I'm sure these prop bets or whatever for the Super Bowl. There has to be something Taylor Swift related. Has to be. How many times they show her in the box? How much you know screen time she has throughout the course of the afternoon? Look, I. If you're a true football fan, right, and you've made it this far, and you've watched each and every week of the season, I'm not just talking about the team that you root for. I'm just talking about as a, a real true football fan, and you don't care about all the other nonsense that comes along with the Super Bowl. The Taylor Swift stuff should have like no bearing at all on your enjoyment in watching this game. It's the last game we're going to have for how many months, right? Steve is in Chappaqua. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Steve, how are you? Hey, Dan, number one, you do a great job. Absolutely. So enjoy listening to you. But I do have to call you out on one thing. Uh-oh, here's I'm the button. Yeah. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm a big Joel Embiid fan, and I followed his career. The guy, nobody works harder. He has a history of injuries. And the other day you said – he should be ashamed for ducking uh, Jokic. Right, I remember. Not the case. Not the case at all. In fact, now he needs meniscus surgery. So, yeah, you know, so fair. It was so uncharacteristic. I couldn't believe you said that. Well, I mean, that's how I felt, Stephen. I'm not going to apologize, but I thank you for the phone call, and I welcome you back to the program anytime because you got to remember something. What I said about him missing that game against the Denver Nuggets on that Saturday night um, – which was a national TV game on ABC, a game, by the way, where the Denver Nuggets and with the the episodes that took place, Denver Nuggets were fined $75,000 by the NBA. So it's not like um, I was completely wrong at all for what I said because the league had a problem with the way they handled the injury report that night and not reporting it sooner. Number two, him missing that game on that Saturday against the Nuggets had nothing to do with him now going under the knife and needing that surgery because what prompted the surgery was what happened two nights later, three nights later, when they were playing Golden State and Kuminga landed on his knee. That's what messed up the knee to where he needed surgery. So him sitting out against Jokic and the Nuggets had nothing to do with him um, having surgery a couple of uh, days later, whatever that was, after the Golden State game. You hate to see it because, look, the NBA product – and, look, the reason that – it, it annoys me and it aggravates me. And we talked about this all the time. The NBA product takes a hit when these stars are not on the court. That's the, I don't care what team it's on. All right. Any league, any sport, it's entertainment, right? It's the entertainment business. And when you're trying to sell a brand and you're trying to sell entertainment, you need stars. I mean, whenever you think about the big blockbuster movies or whatever that they're putting in the theaters, that these film companies, that they market and spend all these hundreds of millions of dollars in doing with these big studio budgets, they got the big superstars. That's why, you know, these guys get paid $50 million a movie, some of them. You want your stars out there. And I'll tell you right now, take Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a good basketball team. I'm not saying they're great, but they're a good basketball team. Take Joel Embiid out of that lineup. To me, 
Am I tripping over and, 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 you know, rearranging my schedule to make sure I watch the Philadelphia 76ers play basketball if Joel Embiid's not out there? No. And he can say that about a lot of teams in the NBA. They're just another team. I mean, Tyrese Maxey's a nice player. He's an all-star player. But I'm not, like, stopping what I'm doing to make sure I'm watching Tyrese Maxey and, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers go out there and play. I'm just not. Speaking of stars, kind of just out of nowhere, too, the Houston Astros a little while ago put out a statement. They put out, like, a little tweet and a graphic saying that Jose Altuve, they said, uh, is an Astro for life. Well, when you see something like that, without getting into specifics, you probably think, well, that means Jose Altuve, they probably signed him to like some lifetime contract extension. Turns out, then the rest of the insiders and everybody got on it, five-year extension for, what was the money that was reported, guys? I didn't see the money. $125 million. So five for 125 that's... $25 million a year for Jose Altuve, so he did the Astros a little bit of a favor. He was going to be a free agent after this upcoming season. He had one more year left on his deal, so it's probably five years tacked on to this one. So then when the contract is up, he's going to be done. So you figure about 38, 39 years of age. I'm sure that there's a no trade in there, no movement, all those things, so he can indeed retire a Houston Astro. And, look, I understand that people don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt sometimes because of the, the trash can stuff and the banging of the drums, but Jose Altuve is a, a damn good baseball player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, before the Astros became the Astros and, you know, they started winning their division and they started competing for world championships, you know, you think back to those teams – that were losing well over 100 games. And, and, I mean, you had, like, nothing in that lineup that would even draw anybody to the ballpark. Well, there was a little-known guy in that lineup, no, no pun intended there when I say little-known, named Jose Altuve, right, who was going out there and pounding out, you know, 200 hits a year. And he was batting close to 300. And, you know, he was kind of like that token all-star that even the bad teams need to have in their lineup. And... Eventually, they surrounded him with a lot more talent, and his performance hasn't diminished in any way, shape, or form. So good for him, good for the Astros. And, hey, guys, another week? Pitchers and catchers, Florida, Arizona, sign me up. I am in. By the way, speaking of baseball, I don't put a lot of stock in these things. I think they're kind of laughable. Like, I, I really just don't put any credence in it. But a lot of these, like – analytical sabermetric projections at the beginning of the year. The one Pakoda, among others, they put out their win-loss projections for the season using all of their, you know, formulas and stuff. They got the Yankees winning the American League East, 94 wins. And they have the Mets finishing in third in the National League East. But they have the Mets actually as the third wild card based on the win total in the National League. So there you go. I think any fan in the city would sign up for that. Obviously, the Yankee fan would, but hey, there you go. Mets, after being out of it last year, basically by the 4th of July, you come back this year, you sign a bunch of guys to one-year contracts during the offseason, and then you sneak into the playoffs next year, and then Stevie Cohen reloads next offseason and spends millions on that free agent class. That's all the time for us. We'll do it again on Thursday, 6.30. Knicks basketball next. Grass is saying goodnight.